Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. We are finally back from holidays uh, with Mark. How's it going, Mark? Are you tanned and everything or not really? Not so much, to be honest. I'm still a pasty white Scottish guy, so yeah. Yeah, I'll be tanned when they invent tanning computer screens, in, <laughs> which I think would be a great Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we are going to be a, to do a bit of an update podcast right now. We're kind of like resetting things for like the back to school season, etc. We are going to be back on a more regular schedule. Mark and I are not traveling anymore. For the foreseeable future, I am living in October a little bit, but we'll probably maintain the podcast during that time. And we are going to also take a bunch of hot questions from the community that have been sparking up in the last four weeks, essentially, and try to give them a quick answer. We're kind of like trying to pick the topics that don't necessarily deserve a full podcast, but people might be interested in what we have to say on these things. So we are going to do this, plus an update on Atari Hacker and Next week, we're probably going to get into some kind of deep topic again. So that's what you can expect from this episode. If uh, that's what you're looking forward to, then looking forward to having this episode. Otherwise, well, see you next week. <laughs> so do you want to start with what we've been up to update on? I think we should update on the overall business, not just Atari Hacker. There's been a bit of changes here, so we should talk about this. Yeah, so kind of over the last 18 months, we grew a lot as a, as a company. And it's not just Authority Hacker, but uh, the other sites we're working on as well. And running Authority Hacker, which is a site teaching people how to do online marketing and other sites where we do online marketing, essentially, we do what we teach people to do. There's a kind of conflict of interest here. And what I mean by that is that we're constantly learning and developing new tactics which are awesome and work really really well but there's kind of this like underlying incentive or disincentive rather uh, not to go out and share these publicly straight away and the reason for that is well I, I think a good good example would be our skyscraper outreach templates like every day every single day without fail we will get people using those without any editing to us the public ones yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, there's a kind of like, there's this like incentive or disincentive not to put all the best stuff out there in everyone's hands and to kind of like keep it for yourself and, and, and use it. I'm not saying that we're, that's actively what we're, we're thinking, but there's, there's like a pull towards us doing that. I'd say there's usually a lag between when we find something, we kind of like milk it for six months, then share it, you know, something like this. Um yeah, particularly with something like link building, I'd say that's true. Not with everything, so yeah. Now the ever the funnel stuff, etc. I usually share it right away because it's so hard to copy. Yeah. So where this is going is that there's this kind of like uh, conflict of interest, as I said, and we have made the decision that we're gonna focus a lot harder and deeper on authority hacker. So what we mean by that is we're gonna be going even deeper with our blog, our podcast, our courses. And other channels coming soon as well, potentially YouTube video type stuff too. We've got some interesting ideas there. It does not mean that we're giving up our other sites or we're not going to have any practical examples or we're just going to be the people that talk about online marketing and not actually doing it. That's not, not the case at all. 
In fact, in future, well, right now we have a, another site brewing, which is doing really, really well. We have a site that makes already 80% of the money <laughs> House Mission makes. Yeah, in quite a short space of time. So It's one of these things. It's like we're already making more than like probably 99% of the industry with our sites. And it's like, to be honest, even if we did, if we did nothing in one year, we'd still probably be in that situation. Because this, it's true, we actually don't cheat on our sites, etc. So I expect them to be lasting a little bit longer. I might be wrong. There might be an update that comes and whips us out. But so far, it hasn't happened, even <laughs> the the August 1st update. And so, um, and we all have all interest in maintaining that to bring revenue. I mean, we were talking about this the other day, right? We're now making every month. What did we say again? That, like, um, we were, oh, yeah, we were making with just house ambition what we used to make across all our sites two years ago, basically. And so, so yeah, the whole business has grown very far. But I, I had a question for you. How much of this is a reaction to Spencer's new niche site project that he's launching? Are, are you just trying to grab attention now? He's getting all of it. <laughs> I wasn't actually aware of that, but okay. No, so actually it's not about trying to make as, as much money as possible. Although that's as marketers, we're always trying to do that. That's kind of like a, a goal, but... The primary goal with running these other sites is as to learn and develop cool things. And also it's now going to be to share those with you guys as much as possible. Faster, I think. I think that's faster. Yeah. yeah. So where in the past we could have considered ourselves a portfolio company where we had Authority Hacker, Health Ambition, and you know, a bunch of other stuff in there as well, which we didn't share publicly. We are actually planning on sharing more sites with you guys in the not too distant future. I don't have any exact dates or when and how we're going to do that. But the idea is that we build these sites and do really well with them and then like show you exactly how we did it. Like going even further than we do right now with our, our blog posts, like I want to show more concrete data, maybe even do something crazy like share our analytics publicly or something like that. I was considering doing that, yeah. just making the analytics public on House Ambition or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, we obviously have copycats to think about, but if our primary goal stops being trying to make money from or trying to make as much money as possible from these sites, and instead the primary goal is to use these as kind of learning tools for, for ourselves, but also for our audience as well then it starts to become less of an issue if people kind of copy and rip off what we're, what we're doing. Yeah, also there's one thing. It's like, well, it was a lot of work to work on these sites. I mean, like, for example, when was the last blog post on Atari Hacker? Like a million years ago. And the reason why is because we work on these other sites, uh, including that new site that we literally started this year. And it's already uh, around 80% of what Health Emission makes. Last year, last year. Uh, yeah. yeah, last year, end of the year. But it's basically a year old. Yeah, it's like, and it's been quite a lot of work to get this off the ground from scratch, etc., and and get it to essentially achieve in in a year what we what took four years to achieve on House Mission, more or less, you know. Yeah, and that that's been a big learning experience for us as well. Uh, you know, doing something of that scale, and that's that actually kind of brings us on to the next point quite nicely. So we've learned a lot more recently about starting new sites. And like what works, what doesn't work. And we've decided to take all that and redo the entire authority site system course, the task course, which is our beginner course released a year and a half ago, I think it was. Yeah. 
so basically we're we're kind of doubling down on our in this way doubling down on our course content and just really trying to make that as good as we possibly can and it's kind of the focus we have first we first focus on the course content but the free content is going to come after right it's like for the people that don't buy the courses i definitely want them to have value anyway and it's it's always something we've tried to do i mean if you haven't taken it, it is a course that sells the webinar that sells the authority system. But the webinar that we have on Authority Hacker is like, I spent six weeks putting it together of like four free value, et cetera. And I think it's really good. And I want to do more of this stuff. The thing is, well, since we're going to be building this more as a business, we need to get the paid content updated first, which is what we're focusing hard on now. I mean, we had like a hundred videos for the authority side system or something. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like five times the size of the old one, something like that. And they're a lot longer and more detailed. It's like really is a lot more of a, a deeper course than the, the, the first version we had. So I'm quite excited to see what kind of results people get from that, actually. I'm, I'm already very impressed of the results people get with the current version, but I, I really feel we're stepping it up now. And uh, I honestly, we'll let people tell us. I hate overhyping our stuff. So you guys tell us when it's out. Also, if you have about the authority system or if you buy it until you release it, you get a free upgrade. So that means that you don't need to pay anything to get the new version. We'll give it to you for free as a way to thank you for being an early adopter, basically. And if you're an Authority Hacker Pro member uh, or wondering when our next Authority Hacker Pro launches, the truth is we don't know. A lot of people think at the end of our you know, email sequences during launches, when we say we don't know we're going to launch it, we like have some secret plan. We're actually going to do it in a few months' time. It's been almost one year since we launched it. And you know, we've talked about this before in the podcast. It's by far our biggest moneymaker as a business. But we feel that we need to do a lot of things to kind of like structure or like improve the core, the fundamentals of our business. That includes updating the the courses. It also includes full redesign of authorityhacker.com, which you've been working on. It's 75% done. Yeah, Yeah, you've been working on for a while now. And can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, it's about 75% done. We've basically done every single page on the site, which is quite a lot. There's 250 posts live if you count all podcasts. There's a lot of core pages because we have sales funnels in place and so on. And because there's changes of tools and we're redesigning with Elementor. I said it in the Elementor podcast, but if you were not here, we're using the Elementor theme builder. We are building custom post templates for different types of content and so on, using dynamic stuff and so on. And I think when we're done, probably just when we start the YouTube channel again, which is probably the first type of new content that will pop up in terms of free content for Terry Hacker is going to be YouTube videos. Mostly because because we're update, updating the courses, I don't have time to write really long blog posts. So it's going to be easier. Also because we deleted a bunch of our old ones by mistake, or rather, I, I did I did that. It's like, you know, we had this paper with, a, we had this kind of like report of gross year on year in January, where like all the metrics were up 40 or 50%. And then YouTube channel went from like 10,000 subscribers to three or something. So that was a little bit painful. But anyway, because it's easier to produce and faster, I'll probably just make free tutorial videos, to be honest, to restart the YouTube channel. And I would expect to start that at the end of the authority side system, which, to be frank, is probably like another four weeks away from now until the site is actually live within the new member area, which we are also redoing, etc. So, yeah, I would say probably, I would say beginning of October is when I would start expecting some YouTube videos. And I would like to make it as regular the podcast, so probably at least once a week. And so that we can have two updates for you guys per week, one podcast, one video. 
And then after that, when it's stable, we will start working on the blog again and on the written content, essentially. So that's the plan. But the site is not far at all. The site will most likely launch in September and everything's to be done. You will have to say goodbye to the character we're using our logo and on the pages. For those that don't know, so the, the Authority Hacker character that's, that's on our logo was actually a, a Shutterstock, which is a stock photo image site vector image set where we we got years ago actually when we first started and there was like 20 or 50 or there was a bunch of them and we just got them all and just used this little guy all around the site basically however it being a stock image i don't know too many other like big companies not that they were big in any way but out there online that are using this image but every so often every six months we get a, a someone's in china or vietnam we had one where there's like a photo of a billboard with this character on it for advertising coffee or some random product and it's kind of interesting so i think it's time he gets killed off unfortunately yeah just we don't own the rights basically it wasn't bad like the, i think the design was pretty good it's probably one of the better vectors you can buy so if you want to start the site, just consider using it now. We won't use it anymore. But yeah, you're going to have to say goodbye to this. Brand colors are also changing quite a bit. Orange is a minor part of the design at this point. It's mostly blue, but it's... Yeah. It works on mobile now. Yeah, finally. you can actually read our content on mobile, <laughs> which uh, is always a plus, especially when you show people how to build websites. Overall, I was pretty ashamed of the current site, uh, given the fact that we're teaching people how to build websites. Health Ambition is more on the standards of what we're building now, and... The new Atari hacker will show you also. This is the kind of caliber we're, of sites we're building in the Atari, in the new Atari site system as well. So yeah, check out our mission and wait for the new version of Atari hacker. It gives you an idea of how we build sites now. It's just that Atari hacker's theme has never been changed from day one. And it's the stock colors of the stock theme that we got from Thrive Teams, which is so obsolete that it's not even for sale anymore. So yeah, it's about time when we show people how to build websites to have a slightly better website. Anything else that we need to update people on? Yeah, so we're also going to Asia in uh, October, November. So Gail is doing a couple speaking events. So he's going to be talking at DMSS in Bali on the 6th to 8th of October. I think there's still tickets for that, dmss.io. What is that conference, actually? I don't really know too much about it. It's basically an Australian conference. It's Usually it was like most general online marketing, but actually there's a lot of SEO stuff this year. And there's a lot of very interesting people that specialize in like advanced on page, etc. So I'm actually looking forward to see what people have to say. I'm actually not talking about SEO in that conference. I'm talking about funnels because that's a lot of the work that I've done in the past six months, to be frank. I'm still doing your research, still doing all of that for a lot of our sites. But the breakthrough research, I'll say, has definitely been in the funnel area. And I know a lot of people, when I talk about funnels, roll their eyes. Like, oh my God, when are you going to talk about ranking Amazon sites? But yeah, I mean, the truth is there's so much more money in funnels than there is in Amazon Associates that it's definitely an incentive when you get to a certain level to work on these things, you know? So I'm going to talk about this in Valley uh, and DMSS. It's like dmss.io, the website. It will be in the show notes. And I will also talk about this in DCBKK in Bangkok, which is 19th to 21st of October. And we're going to Chiang Mai after, right? Yeah, so we're both going, just as attendees, to the, the Chiang Mai SEO conference. I think it's 6th and 7th of November, something like that. And I posted in the Authority Hacker Pro Facebook group, like, see if anyone else is going. And there's like 
I don't know, 15 people or something responded. So I think there'll be a lot of us out there. And I'm keen to organize some kind of meetup, maybe a dinner, drink, something like that. And yeah, we'll probably put some more information about that out shortly. If, if you're not an AH Pro and you, you're going to be in Chiang Mai, you listening to this, maybe drop us a comment on this post or on this podcast or something. What's the URL again? Uh, the URL is atariahacker.com slash podcast116. I know we are highly creative for this podcast. Yeah, naming Thank committee you. was out on force in this one. Yeah, they're, they're still on holiday. They're coming back in September, <laughs> that's why. Yeah, last time I went to, to an event like this, I just want to say people kept giving me drinks, so I give them link building tactics. So please don't do this. <laughs> Uh, Gail doesn't get drunk on tequila at all. Oh, yeah. that, that doesn't work. Tequila, just don't try it. It doesn't work. Okay, that's basically it for the updates, right? Yeah. Uh, did we talk about Authority Hacker Pro at all? Like, I think we said we're we're not doing a launch anytime soon, but just just watch this space because we are actively thinking about what we're doing here, and there's going to be some big content updates for the existing modules in there, and there may be some interesting things coming out here. Maybe this year, I think. I'm not sure. If it's this year, it's the end of the year. It's it's like really the end of the year. But I think that goes with saying as well that when we're not 100% behind our products, we don't sell them. And I'll stand by this. And the truth is we haven't sold this product for one year and we get emails every day of people trying to buy it. But we won't sell it at this point because we, are, we think that it's good, but we can do better. And uh, that's exactly what we're going to try to do. And then when it's better, we'll let you know. And then you can join Atari Hacker Pro, essentially. So that's basically it for updates, I think. Now let's do some Q and A. Now, yeah. Now we're basically going to pick topics from the community. We're using our Facebook group. We're using just stuff that we see people talk about on chats, uh, Slacks, and Skypes, and Facebooks, and all that stuff, and kind of mashing it up. It gives you a bit of a news roundup and gives you what we think and how it affects authority sites. So there was a thread that I've seen on Facebook that I want to talk about, where one of our members asked. He was essentially doing quite well with his site. And he was like, hey, should I be seeking financing for my site so that I can grow faster? So talk to a bank, talk to investors, you know, the classic kind of like startup way of growing. I'll say what I replied after, but I'll let you reply. I don't think that's a good idea to borrow money from a bank or take out any kind of loan. First of all, I think it would be really challenging to actually get a, a bank loan for something like this because... My experience with traditional banks, at least, is they have no idea about this kind of stuff. So unless it's like a more traditional business with like a proven record over many years and slow and steady growth, they're, they're less likely. It's still probably possible, less likely to, to give you any kind of financing in that sense. In terms of individual investors, I know there are companies out there that that will you know buy a chunk or like 50% of your site or something like that for a fee. Uh, you still have to keep working on it. Obviously, it's like it's a it's a growth strategy, not an exit strategy. And one of my friends, Nate Ginsburg, he actually did something similar like that with his um, Amazon FBA business. And I believe that he's also part of that, doing something like that with some crypto website at the moment, uh, like a content site. So it does happen. I would say that if you're looking at it, though, it doesn't really make sense. It's easy to think that just producing twice as much content and twice as much links is going to move the needle twice as fast or more. Occasionally it can. More often than not, if you focus on actually improving the quality and going deeper, you can see equal returns. So that's kind of where, where my head's at with that. Yeah, my, my answer to this thread was like, we've been hanging out with a lot of like fairly successful people this summer, like several mid-seven figures per year. People, I mean... 
my Digity was here. We hang out with some people who like have very high level funnels, etc. And they're never out of money, to be honest. <laughs> they, they always have a lot of money, but they're absolutely struggling finding people to spend their money on. And my vision is that this is the hardest thing to do. We are in the same situation. If we had the perfect people to hire in front of us, would you trade your money for, for hiring them? Like, probably. And that is a common theme for websites that are run well and people that do well in general. And so I don't think money is that valuable if you run your site properly, use the tactics we talk about, etc. Uh, I mean, it is valuable, but it is not what you need to grow. What you need to grow is usually more processes, more organization, etc. And it's not something that can come from someone you hire on Upwork or something like this. It, it will take time, it will take training, and it will be very difficult to find these people. And, you know, I'd rather bring a partner in that is really good at hiring than take financing personally, just because that seems to be the bottleneck for pretty much everyone really successful that I've met across the summer. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's really fucking difficult to scale a web web business. Like, And there goes our PG rating. Yeah. Uh, like at a, at a serious level though if you want to add 100 extra posts or something great but like how do you 100x what you're doing like can you even conceive how that would look as a business most people can't so uh, you know uh, there's arguments both ways and i without knowing the specifics of who this was and like what exactly they were where exactly they're at numbers with their numbers it's impossible to say i think early five figures per month i think yeah I mean, I wouldn't do it at that, at that stage. It's also like a lot of hassle to actually go through like structuring the investment. And, you know, if it falls through, you end up wasting loads of time. And yeah, I, I wouldn't bother at that stage. Imagine all the work you can do instead of handling that, you know. All right, let's jump on the next topic. iWriter was acquired by The Hot. What do you think? And Mark put some notes under it. Don't like them. So what does that mean? <laughs> That's really all I have to say. I don't like The Hot. I think it's uh, the marketing is very, very good, but their products, which they're selling, the, the link packages and stuff, are terrible. They're basically still selling Web 2.0s. I don't know. I think they have a guest posting service now. I think Perrin tried a while ago. I'm not going to comment on that post. That's probably the most... Maybe we should, we should mystery shop them again. Then. <laughs> you know what? There was so much drama with this post. I don't want to jump back into this. Like lot of me wants to unpublish that post just because I'm like, it's so... So many people made so much drama because of these posts. Look, don't don't take this from us with the Hoth. Just go and Google them, like the Hoth review or something, and like what comes up will tell you everything you need to know. iWriter, I I hadn't really used them very much at all. I think I tried them out once, so I can't really comment. My impression of them was that they were a pretty solid, like sort of text broker style service. Uh, or platform i'd put them below text broker i mean from what i've seen if you buy from the lowest grade on iwriter you get spam content you know <laughs> and and i've had it before like i mean it's very very cheap to be honest you get what you pay for right i think it's too cheap and but it's i know that for example chris from rank excel uses it for his b2 b2c sites and chris is really good at what he does so i'm not gonna completely hate on iwriter from my experience it was pretty bad it was a, I'm not going to say TextBroker is great, but I found TextBroker better. Uh, when I did the first version of Tiles, I actually was testing all of these service, like, um, service as, a, as a product type content agencies, and iWriter was one of them, and it was pretty bad. 
as an acquisition, I can see there's like some sense to this, like the type of people that are maybe ordering content from iWriter probably, or potentially would be interested in the Hoth services. So it's, it's, you know, if the business is run correctly, they can, you know, just slot in their upsells and cross-selling funnels and whatnot. And I hear, I think they've actually already been doing that. So it could be a, a financial success for them. I, I think there's a good chance of it. I think they make a lot of money, actually. Yeah. It's, it's good for their, their, their money. Uh, as to recommending the service, I don't think we, should, we would do that. Maybe it's a way for them to diversify away from links and stuff as well. Who, know, who knows? I think it's just a sales channel. The hot is all about sales. Um, they make a lot of money. It's kind of amazing how far they could take selling P, like PBN links and uh, just Web 2.0 links, really. So, yeah. Oh, another acquisition that happened. I, it's not in the notes, so you, you might discover this one. Backlinko by Point Blank SEO, actually. If you know, they were they were like an agency, right? I mean, yeah, kind of like a small agency, and uh, Backlinko just bought it and redirected it. So, yeah, just throwing it in there, in there since people probably want to know about this kind of stuff. Good move from Brian Dean, actually, really good move because uh, Point Blank SEO had really good links. So I'm a bit jealous, but good job. Now let's talk about you. Do you think we're gonna see more consolidation in this industry then? Uh, not really. I mean, just Brian has his really successful goals, so it makes sense. And it was an easy way to acquire something like three or 4,000 Linkyuru domains. Yeah, I think when you mm-hmm. have more, more money than time, then it's a good acquisition. And there was some really solid content on a Point Blank SEO he can put on his site as well. And he's monetizing it well, so it totally makes sense for his funnels. Is that a trend? I don't think so. I think it's just like a really good opportunity that he Brian picked up. Yoast SEO. Let's talk about Yoast SEO quickly. There's been a little bit of drama over the summer, and I think we mentioned it a few times. But essentially, Yoast has had a few mess up with their image indexing, where basically each image would create its own page that would index in Google, create a bunch of pages with very little content, no content, basically just an image that would index in Google, and that created that caused some sites to actually lose their rankings. It seems like, and it is not confirmed, I've read on some Facebook groups, so it's very, like, it's Wikipedia, and then you have Facebook groups that's way below that. I've read that All-in-One SEO had a similar issue recently. So a lot of people are asking us, oh, should I still use Yoast SEO? What should I use, etc.? cetera? Um, they fix it now. So if you use Yoast SEO, you should be fine. They even released a plugin that allows you to fix this issue by de-indexing pages more quickly in terms of the media pages. So... Yoast SEO is still an okay plugin. I personally don't like the direction in which they're going in the sense that the plugin was probably a better plugin two years ago than it is now. For example, you used to be able to redirect posts somewhere else in the options and now it's a paid one or something. Basically, they're just putting everything behind the paid one. So if you want to pay for Yoast, yeah, you probably get all these options, but it just it just feels like it's just not going in a direction that's, that's, that's helping the users. I am using right now a plugin called SEO Press which is a bit of a gamble because it's a new plugin, but there will probably be a way to import the data if they don't go well. But so far, it's a pretty nice plugin. It basically feels like Yoast two years ago. So if you want to if you want to take the gamble with us, check it out. Otherwise, all-in-one SEO, SEO framework's pretty good. And Yoast is fixed now, so it's usable. If, if you want to stick to that and you want to just stick to the classics, then I think it's fine. What what would you do if you're in my situation? I've picked SEO press without asking you. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I guess I don't really have a choice now, do I? Well, not really. The new site is built already. <laughs> oh well, that's all, that uh, solves that problem then. Let let's see what happens. 
Well, this is our job to test these things, right? So let's go. Okay, I, I feel like I, we're becoming like a remote thing in this thing. But another thing that might happen, and once again, that is, I've seen some leaks of emails. I've seen some people receiving this email. We haven't received it. Is Amazon Associates bringing back volume-based commission to some extent, not the old ones. But in our case, it would increase revenue by around 30%, which brings back the Amazon Associates program Probably just a bit below to what it was before, but not that far. And uh, that could change. That could really make the Amazon Associates program kind of great again. So what do you think about that? I mean, as someone who does a high volume on Amazon, I'm definitely in favor of it. I'm just wondering if they're going to, at the same time, cut commissions on you know lower volume to, to balance it out in some way. I, I don't know. I haven't seen the, the numbers. I haven't received the email. So this is all just speculation. To, to me right now. I mean, I've seen copies of people receiving the email. Like people sent me screenshots of the email and so on. Uh, I don't know if it's selected to some of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Amazon US? Yeah. Okay. For some reason, we haven't received it. Maybe they just don't like us. Or maybe or maybe it's just a few people. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure yet, but I know that some kind of volume-based uh, revenue up to 30% more commissions for some niches, sometimes more for the really low paying ones, you know, the 1% commissions, etc. like they jump up to 2.5 or something. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a bit, but yeah, it's, let's say between 10 and, uh, and 60% increase. So it's quite a lot. So if that happens, then definitely the task sites will be happy because we use Amazon associates in the authority system. So yeah, that's one thing I wanted to say. It might happen. It might happen only for certain people. It might not happen. What I know is some people have received that email. Um, That's definitely going to be good news if it does. I think a lot of people have been a bit down on Amazon lately. Like you know, uh, it's kind of like average as an FA program. It's okay, but it, it used to be so much better that it, you just can't help but remembering how much money it made. You know, what really excites me about this change is that it's showing that Amazon is not giving up on their affiliate program like everyone's saying, you know? Like, when they did this change to the Amazon Associates program, they were, people were like, oh, but that, you know, they're going to reduce it all the time and they're just going to kill it eventually. Look at Apple, they killed their affiliate program for apps and so on. So Amazon is just going to do the same. And if we see start seeing bumps in commissions, even just for certain people, it really means that they're not in that trajectory of killing the whole program because they would never do that. If it was going away, like they don't increase their commissions, then cut everything. Um, so for me, it's kind of like the future-proofing aspect of it that's kind of interesting. And that tells me that if you have an Amazon site right now, if you have a site that makes money with Amazon, you probably have uh, several years in front of you of making money from Amazon, at least. I mean, I can't guarantee you that in 10 years you'll still make money because 10 years is infinity on the internet. But three years? Yeah, I'd probably say, even if the commissions could change. I'd say if they increase the rates now, it's uh, it's at least here for another three years. That's good news for the whole business model and for small affiliates, etc. because a lot of small affiliates start with Amazon and rightfully so. It's a really good program to start with. It's easy to convert, it's easy to send traffic, and you can go in a lot of very low competition niches, which makes it easy. So, great. Do you want to talk about the next point or do you just skip it? I want to talk about it. Go for it then. Okay, so... In politics this week, Donald <laughs> can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, Donald Trump probably tweeted, or I'm not quite sure how this was originally communicated, but basically he's saying that if you Google his name, 
the majority of the coverage, the vast majority of the coverage is negative and there's no balance in the, the SERP, in the search results. And he, he's correct in his observation there. And, you know, without getting too much into the, the politics of, of that, they kind of raises an ethical question here. Not ethical. Is that the right word? A moral question, maybe? I'm not sure. But it's kind of, it's on philosophical. That's the word. Yeah. It's kind of on Google in a way and other search engines, social media sites too, to say. You need to explain this point fast because all the anti-Trump people are leaving the podcast right now. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like I have a balanced view on this. And so essentially Google and other sites are the arbitrator of truth in in many cases here. And when it comes to politics, especially, it's often very difficult to establish what's true and what's not. Uh, there's a lot of hearsay. There's a lot of conjecture. There's a lot of rhetoric. And I think Donald Trump's issue is that there's no there's no balance in the the way Google is displaying this information. But another way of kind of thinking of it is if you think of something which some a really far out there term like the the search the keyword is the Earth flat question mark and I certainly hope that everyone listening to this podcast knows that the Earth is indeed round or it's certainly not flat <laughs> but if you ask yourself the question how much of the search engine results page real estate should we devote to sites that say yes the earth is flat in that in that term is the number 50 percent? should we create a, a true 50 50 balance on, on the issue like that is the number zero percent because it's so obviously wrong so we should have it at zero or should we do it based on some other proportion, 1% or, or something like that? It, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what the answer is because I don't know. Like, it's a really difficult thing to, to say. And that's for an obvious, a fairly obvious, at least to most people, uh, question. As soon as you get started, start getting to more politically charged questions, which... Not just that, medical stuff. Like, think about the medical update. That, I mean, what people call the medical update of August 1st, right? It's like... With all the alternative treatments and all these things that people do, and to be honest, I don't know how effective they are, but like how to cure cancer, how do you answer that query regarding like if you ask the question, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's even harder in something something like that where there are, you know, supplements which can, you know, help in some way. How much they help against any specific ailment, it's often hard to say for sure without like really crazy testing and stuff and even then you know there's there different tests have different results so it's, it's a the point is it's a really difficult job for google to be an arbitrator of truth and please everyone and it's just not going to happen because inevitably the people who are being uh, shown their answer less or however however it is are going to feel kind of less good about this what is interesting, though, is that there were threats in there about some kind of regulation or, you know, coming in and looking at their, their algorithm and trying to, like, sort it out so it's more fair, which could affect us, actually. If it happens, which I don't think it will, but if it happens, then it could affect everyone, of course. I think it's more a kind of war of words thing than, than anything else. However... Uh, it's, I don't know Trump. Yeah, it's also like, worth kind of thinking like, you know, it's 
essentially you have i mean i'm not going to go down this is getting too political <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think, I think it's quite interesting to see what's going to happen but what's also interesting is that we're in a world where there's 10 search results right now for a query so to some extent google can show a degree of diversity like they can show a couple of results that have alternative results or like non-mainstream results for the query like how to cure cancer etc but we are entering a world where google assistant is going to give you one answer to your question and that puts that weight on Google a lot more because when you type a search and there is 10 links, you can you get to kind of choose your answer and lean towards what you're looking for. Whereas Google is going to decide that for you. For a lot of, I mean, voice search is the fastest growing type of search right now. It doesn't mean that it's taking away uh, typed search. It just means people search more. But it also means that in terms of that truth, it's going to be putting so much more weight on Google and that if they get it wrong, that could go quite bad for them. And I think that's actually a threat to them as a company in terms of trust. Like they've established trust for 10 years plus. And if they mess that up, then someone else could come and eat a lot of the search market. And that would change SEO as we know it. So quite interesting. What I would say directly to Donald Trump, though, is it probably doesn't matter for you know a political campaign. I'm reading a really interesting book, book right now called Enlightenment Now by Steven Pinker. And uh, they talk about not this specifically, but the way people read sort of uh, studies and newspaper articles and, and you know information that with the way they consume data around a topic which is kind of politically neutral, like I don't know, sunburn, or maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe like uh, the effects of flying or something like that. People are generally quite open to data and you know quite balanced and take a quite balanced approach. But as soon as the topic becomes politically charged, like climate change or something, then uh, people will kind of ignore their any data or um, studies from from the opposition opposite perspective which they hold. So even if people are seeing lots of negative Trump stuff on, uh, on, on the SERPs, probably not going to sway the, uh, the next election that much. I understand why it would be something he would raise, but there you go. Cool. Let's jump on to the next topic that's a lot less political, although you never know. Some, uh, a pretty common question, actually, that was asked on our Facebook group. Essentially, to sum it up is, do affiliate links on a page affect rankings? And... Usually my answer to that is absolutely not. We have pages with lots of links, ranking, etc. And then I was looking at the new site, which we haven't shared yet, and that, so I can't say the URL, but we have a post type that really has a lot of affiliate URLs, like probably a hundred of them on the posts. And it's been a sticking point of this site for at least three or four months now, where these pages just have systematically been struggling to rank. And as I was writing the show notes for this podcast, I kind of realized the correlation here. And I was like, is my belief wrong? Thinking that affiliate links don't affect rankings because they, it's probably like the most, one of the most extreme cases of number of affiliate links on the page that we have. It's just, these are really long articles and they really have probably at least a hundred affiliate links on them. So really a lot. So before I answer that question, which I would have answered really quickly before based on our past experience. But given the fact that we have this kind of mini case study here, we're probably going to go and test this and report on this a little bit later, just because 
I've kind of like shaken my own beliefs here, and I think I think it's it's a perfect case study because we have a hundred of these post template on this site, so it's very easy to change them, not change them, and kind of monitor the results. So that might be one of the first new blog posts on the new Atari Hacker that we release to affiliate links, uh, affect rankings. So I would have said no in the past. I'm saying maybe now. Let's see what happens. Another topic that we had was on. ConvertFox, which is essentially a tool that kind of does everything about lead generation, email marketing, fairly, like it does a million things. It does live chat on your site. It does site messaging, such retargeting. It really, really does a lot of stuff. But that sparked a debate on, on our group about should you buy all-in-ones versus specialized tools? And coming from a guy that has spent probably spent six figures in tools now and messed up many of it. We could probably have had the same results we have today, spending five figures in tools, <laughs> but we have spent six. And tools like email marketing, tools like lead generation, tools like member area, tools like webinars, tools like, like affiliate link managers, these kind of things, they will get outdated. They will... There will be a new entrant in the market that will come with a groundbreaking feature that will allow you to make like 20% more money, let's say in webinars, for example, or in member areas or this kind of shopping carts. And when you have your own in one and you're stuck to it, you will never be able to adopt these tools quickly. And it's going to cost you a lot of money. Usually as well, the companies that try to do everything at once tend to not do super well, not do it super well. They're like kind of okay, but jack of trade, master of none, basically. And so for that reason, and it's going to reflect on the new tool recommendation page on the new site as well. We only pick tools that do one thing for our business and we highly recommend you do the same. So the next time you get offered a tool that kind of does everything, just run away from it. And that's coming from people that have bought, like we had Entrepot, we had Infusionsoft, we had... All of them. We had click funnels. We had lead pages. We had we've had all of them, and every time we kind of walked away from it. And it's it's time for us to learn and to stop wasting money. And maybe you can learn from us and and not waste your money at all. I would caveat that just by saying that we have really really high demands on the the tools in terms of functionality. Like we want to do crazy stuff with them. You know, if you're just starting out or perhaps don't have such high aspirations, then some of these all-in-one tools can serve a purpose. The issue really is that if you start, you know, if you build everything in that, like one of my friends is a site and his whole uh, backend for product delivery is built in Infusionsoft. And there are like a lot of issues with that, but it's so deeply embedded in, in, in the site that it's just such a big project to migrate away from that in itself. The other thing I was going to say with Convert Fox is it kind of looks. I, I, wasn't that some kind of like rip off of Convert Kit at some point? It looked like a. They kind of like inspired themselves from a lot of other tools, but um, I mean, it looks okay, and people who have it are overall happy. Yeah, so I first heard about them really... when they were had the AppSumo deal, but uh, I wasn't really sure like how how big they were and things. Uh, people who use them are happy overall, but I. I as a rule of thumb, from being excited about a tool and happy at the beginning and then just realizing that it just was costing us a lot, I don't recommend all at once. And and I would love to because they pay a lot of affiliate commissions. <laughs> but I won't. 
So yeah, that's basically it. Another thing I want to. It's another interesting point. Like uh, it, it'd be interesting to graph percentage affiliate commission paid versus perceived value of a tool, like quality of a tool, and see if there's any kind of correlation or negative correlation between those two things. Well, we'll see. I'm building some really advanced custom field stuff for the reviews on Atari Hacker. So we actually have, we can do this kind of stuff, actually. It would be cool. Another thing as well is uh, our good French, our good, our good French, no, not French, no, our good friend, Josh Dunlop, was, had some problems with his Gmail when he was trying to do link building. Essentially, he sent some outreach emails and his Google Apps got banned. And since you were in our link building, I wanted to know what your answer is to that. Because well, first of all, it didn't it didn't get banned. One email which he set up just to do this uh-huh. got disabled, and he was able to reactivate it within his his console. So hmm. saying his entire Google Apps got banned is just not true. But he did it. It did kind of like scare a few people in in the group, and uh, I think the issue was that the account wasn't warmed up. Like he started sending fifty or hundred a day straight away, and there was emails a day and typically when you're do, building an outreach email account or dedicated one you want to start a lot slower and build up a, a little bit more naturally i think we do like 10 or 20 in the first week per day in the first week and then double it and then double it kind of like that and so you just keep doubling right well i mean obviously you're not going to do that you're going to get to how many do we send a day now uh 300 or something okay so you kind of cap there yeah yeah okay just, just because if people keep doubling, I'm a bit scared for them. Finally, one last thing. I know that AppSumo has a deal on something called Find That Lead on their site that essentially is a tool to find email addresses, which is very useful for link building. I know you've tried that tool. I know we use Hunter internally, but there's no deal on AppSumo. And basically, like the lifetime for Find That Lead for several thousand emails, I think, is the same as one month of Hunter, so is that worth it? Yeah, absolutely. So you get, uh, I think it's 2,000 emails per month, which you can search for. So you input a URL and it outputs a list of email addresses that you can potentially contact or outreach to. So it's it's a fantastic tool. I do still think Hunter.io is better in terms of results and stuff, but we bought this. It's always possible to run your existing process and then put anything you can't find in hunter through this yeah you don't or even do this first yeah so it's just it's 50 bucks forever and you get 2000 a month that's a great deal don't so, you think I mean, we could every- make building cheaper by running things through find that lead first buying a bunch of lifetime accounts and then just using hunter for what it doesn't find I mean, possibly, but the work required to do that, I think, would be less than the savings we'd make. It's just a bit of bit of hassle right. to, to do right. that on multiple accounts. But is that something to explore for people? Yeah, I mean, sure. Like, you do it once, do it twice. If you're still doing that yourself and you're the only person in your business, for sure, you can you can make that work. Yeah. It's just like... And if you're on tight budget, it can be like... it can save you some money yeah. tools, basically. It's not like some of these AppSumo deals where you can kind of stack the... Uh, the, the yeah, coupon codes and have one account with you know however many uh, emails in this case per month that you, you want. I think it's it's more like you'd have to create lots of different accounts, different logins, passwords. It's just yeah, it gets messy if, you, if you're doing that. So it's not a scalable thing. All right, well that basically rounds it up for like all the small topics we wanted to talk about. We can't really make podcasts about this, but these are things that you should probably think about, talk about, or like 
know about if you're running an authority site. So we hope you enjoyed it. Next week we'll have... Yeah, I, I, I just want to say, actually, so we used to have a page on our site where you could ask us questions and we would sort of answer them on here. But 99.9% of the questions, I think it ranked for like ask a hacker a question or something. And 99.9% of the queries were just like, how do I hack my wife's iPhone and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we're not doing that anymore. But but what I will say is we do actually read and respond to every comment that you guys put on these podcast show notes pages. So if you want to ask us a similar question, maybe we'll consider it for the next one or maybe we'll ask, answer it in another episode, or even do a dedicated episode about it, then leave us a comment, please. Uh, the URL would be authorityhacker.com forward slash podcast 116. Yeah, if you if you want one of the topics that we talked about to be a full podcast, then we can do that. We can go a little bit deeper, do a bit more research, etc. Today was kind of a bit of a catch up. We're back to school, like we're just all of that, and then we'll be back weekly now. So you should have an episode every week. And thanks for joining in, and we'll see you in the next episode. Have a good week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.